somehow you have this dream about how you want to contribute to the world and you also have stories that you just can't shake off that you want to share and you also believe that these stories somehow will add more contribution whether it's to the daily life or to the the long life of someone and that for me is a big act of faith to believe somehow in this dream and keep moving towards the dream even when it becomes more difficult Hello and welcome to the CineDB podcast series about African film professionals hosted by three film curators and critics, one anglophone, one francophone and one lusophone. This 18 episode podcast series features directors, producers, educators, curators and critics who share their experiences and reflections around their work. I'm your host Katarina Hedren, film curator and critic, and in this episode I'm talking to Kenyan-German filmmaker Philippa Ndisi Herman, whose thoughtful work and take on life has always resonated with me. Alongside being a filmmaker, Philippa is a poet, still photographer and spiritual practitioner. We talk about how all these expressions are part of the same endeavor. Born in Germany and raised in Kenya, Philippa makes healing films. A graduate of AFTA Film School in Cape Town, she is a multidisciplinary storyteller who straddles fiction, documentary and artist films. Reoccurring themes in her work are women, childhood, memory, intergenerational trauma and the natural world. She is best known for her award-winning film Seeds and the feature-length documentary New Moon. Thank you for joining us for this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. I'm very pleased to be here with you, Philippa Ndisi Haman. Welcome. Thanks. <laughs> Happy to be here. Grateful to be here. Grateful to be speaking to you. Let's begin to talk about your filmmaking journey, how it started and where you are today. Okay, so that's a big question and it takes me back in time <laughs> to when I was a young lass. <laughs> so, I mean, I've always been artistic and curious. Self-expression has been very important to me. When, of course, I was 16, 17, trying to make decisions about what I wanted to do, what I wanted to study in university, I wanted to study art and my mom said, you don't make money as an artist. <laughs> She may be right, but maybe not. <laughs> but yeah, basically I embarked on a bachelor in communication. I think easily within six months I dropped out. And within that time I realized that expressing myself was very important. I was interested in writing. I was interested in painting. I was interested in photography. I was interested in psychology. So at that point I was living in Amsterdam in the Netherlands So I was applying to courses in the UK, applying to courses in Amsterdam and trying to figure out what was right for me. And I sat down with my dad and we had a conversation and he we kind of workshopped it. He does some workshops for his his part of his vocation is workshopping. And we're talking about what I'm good at and what do I enjoy and I said I always wanted to be a filmmaker but I thought you had to be rich to be a filmmaker or somehow um born into a family of filmmakers. And he was like, well, that's not really the case. It doesn't have to be like that. 
And suddenly I realized, wow, I could couple all of these things that I'm interested in, uh, speech and images and also moving picture, which for me was more visceral. I felt that painting was incredible. Photography was incredible. But for me, the moving image really was able to transcend and really deeply connect one individual story to countless people. Yeah, so that's when I really found myself, found an avenue. And then I applied to a film school in France, but I ended up in Cape Town studying it after first production design, writing and directing, and then I ended up specializing in writing and directing for fiction. And I lived in Cape Town for five years, so I stayed on after I finished it. After I immediately began working on a documentary, and it was something that I'd never studied, but all through after, I'd always wanted to have my hands on the camera. But somehow the rule was you couldn't direct and do cinematography. And of course, like Cape Town is quite big with documentary, and I found somebody that I wanted to film. I was able to get a secondhand DV camera with a scratch on the lens, and I just started shooting. And of course, this was the era where you could actually shoot with a DV cam, and it was easier. And I just I absolutely love holding a camera in my hands. Yeah, and then soon after, I realized it was time to leave Cape Town. It wasn't so easy to work there as a foreigner because of the laws in terms of often you need a job to get a permit, and then you need a permit to get a job. And I was also very, I mean, I loved the country, even though it was not the easiest place for me to live. I found it very difficult on many levels, personally and socially. But I realized that I needed to go back home, which for me was Kenya, because I wanted to put my energy into my country. And a lot of the social issues in South Africa are not mine. It's not my fight. <laughs> so I went back to Kenya and I began writing, script writing, and then I found a documentary idea that I wanted to work on. And I was also photographing at that point. I'd been photographing events and doing documentary photography. So at that point, I was like, started writing a fiction film, started exploring this documentary that I wanted to do in Lamu, which is an island off the coast of Kenya. And I was photographing and started doing a lot of family portraits or behind the scenes stills for film sets. And then all of a sudden, I suddenly got money for this documentary. <laughs> it just came out of nowhere. Because it wasn't my main focus. I was very grateful for that. And then suddenly I ended up, let's say I embarked on this journey that ended up becoming New Moon. And that ended up being a very personal documentary that took me eight years to make. Yeah, and I mean, during that period, I started to develop a lot of my essay work, which is bringing in my photography, bringing in my poetry and creating something that is not necessarily fiction and not necessarily documentary just something that I play with I always kind of see them these films as diaries where it's a kind of amalgam of what I've been feeling over the years sometimes it's a collection of I mean the images are so random that I've taken sometimes over a period of six years and what I enjoy is actually creating the connection that's one of the things I love most with essay work is creating a connection to sounds and images to create this very uniform piece. Basically, I'm curious about reappropriating images to accompany something that I want to say in a kind of shorter form. And that often, in the past at least, has, has involved my own voice. And usually with the essays, there's often no uh, score, because I don't tend to have a budget. 
So for the last film, I looked for sounds of whales underwater that I ripped off of YouTube, but I asked the whales in advance if it was okay. So I'm so glad that you're referring to New Moon because I want to play a clip from there. So if you could just give me a background and, and context for the film. Okay. It's a film about myself. And I went to the island of Lamu to make a film about it changing. But actually the island changed me. And the people that I met um, made a huge impression on me. And I shared that in my film. And when you watch the film, you're able to understand more. Editing begins. The story is evident. But it has to be about me. How scary. What if no one connects? What if seven years of my life become a farce? But then I see the fear and hatred growing on both sides. Few want to go and learn about the other. Perceptions are built on stereotypes. I encounter many people who can only accept that all converts to Islam are lost or do it to get married or are brainwashed and join a terrorist group. That's not me, is it? Editing is unraveling. Abrasive questions swim in my mind. Why do I need to believe in something? Why a decision so drastic, Philippa? My questions flood my bedroom while I am asleep. Uh, that takes me back, and I want to see it yet another time. I don't know how many times I've seen this film, but it's a beautiful movie. Thank you. Beautiful. Touching. Mm. <laughs> and true. <laughs> I was it's touching because it's true. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. So it seems like a documentary came kind of naturally to you, and even if I think that you are genre-fluid, can you talk about how documentary came first, so to say, if I understand you correctly? Yeah, because documentary is much cheaper. With documentary, if you have a camera, you can go out by yourself, right? Obviously, you want good sound, but you can do anything. It's an extremely empowering experience. And with my artistic sensibility, for me, like, you know, shooting the trees out of focus, I can spend hours going on a walk and just shooting that and somehow for me that evokes something stirring within me that sometimes I don't have the words for and for me filmmaking there's this, this kind of magic that begins to happen and especially when I have the camera in my hands but that can also be just on a set with 70 people there's this kind of I feel like spirit comes and you know enters and you feel it and you just end up in this beautiful very meditative trance where you're just, or at least let me talk for myself, where I feel like I'm, yeah, in this slipstream 
and my heart is guiding me, but also my eyes are guiding me, my impulses are guiding me. And I absolutely love that. And I don't do it for the intention of knowing what I want the leaves to say, but I trust that all this collection of things that I've created will, when I come into the, the workshop and the alchemy of it, will create everything actually has a purpose, even though I didn't see it at the time. And that for me is mind-blowing and spiritual. <laughs> mm. And I want to talk more about all these things. And one way of put it into sections is that I want to hear you talk about what informs your storytelling. You already said you wanted to deal with your country rather than another context in terms of subject matter and themes, but also what you already touched upon, your what I consider very special brand of filmmaking that is intuitive careful, explorative, and personal? For me, social issues are very important to me. I really believe in equality and fairness, but I don't think you necessarily see that in my work. And I guess how maybe I would translate that is to also say we are all the same. I think that's one of my biggest motivations in my film work and my other types of work is to say we're brothers and sisters. <laughs> we're part of the same brotherhood of man. Will man. <laughs> yeah. And I guess just the way that I operate is I operate from a very personal and intimate perspective. So, for example, the film that I started to make in Lamu was initially about the construction of what the Kenyans wanted to be the biggest port in Africa. And it was about the social and environmental effects of this on this island that had no cars had an incredible aquatic life. That was what drew me there, but in the end it became a film about my encounters with Raya and her two children and also what was going on in my personal life and how all of this culminated in me deciding to take on the Sufi Muslim path, which is completely different, but again, a personal film. I'm really big on astrology. I read charts for people. I read my own charts. I'm looking at the world's charts and countries' charts and all sorts of things. Mm. And especially beginning of this year, I began to look at my chart and really understand how my mind works and what my motivation is. Beyond wanting to say that we're all the same, I'm deeply moved to talk about death and regeneration and the fact that life continues. And I'm also curious about memory and what we forget and these kind of invisible worlds. I'm curious also about the unseen the unseen as in the unseen emotions, the unseen memories, these invisible worlds that we are inhabiting, whether it's the past, whether it's our fantasy worlds, whether it's the worlds that are walking with us from our mother, grandmother, etc., whether it's the spaces that we're inhabiting that where we feel this kind of energy. It's just like, I, 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 yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be able to articulate it. It sounds to me that you're using the camera actually as much as anything else as a tool of exploration, not just telling us how you think the world is, but also finding out as you are telling us, it seems. Yeah, the process is not the only thing, but strangely what I've seen from my experience is the process is an exploration for me as well. In the end, I often never know how it's going to end. So it's explorative on a personal level, but in a way it's, it's a kind of means to an end for something that I would like to believe makes us feel closer to ourselves. I really want people to watch my work and feel like they're being spoken to or they are connecting to somebody who may be very different to them. And somehow there's a kind of 
empathy or an understanding for this other person. And also I'm very curious at scratching at the deeper feelings that are with us. So the three essays that I've done that I kind of call a triptych, the two, especially the middle one, Season of Goodbyes, is about grief and death. And the tragedy of death, I guess I had these questions about what's the point of life if we die? And you look back at these incredible photographs of your childhood and there was so much joy and wonder and we felt we had all this optimism for how life was going to be. And then maybe what if life's not about that, right? So I'm curious about scratching these bigger questions that I feel like in our day-to-day life, we easily brush off. Mm. And also connecting to people who've had these experiences, mm. as well as allowing people who haven't had these experiences to connect to that on a deeper level, to, again, encourage this empathy and understanding of life, of what is life, mm. of feeling life, because a lot of us don't feel. We're not reflecting on what we're doing and where we're going and what is our purpose. And I want people to be connected <laughs> to themselves. And and their brothers and sisters. Mm. And often we're not encouraged to do that either. And I think one reason why we're not encouraged to think deeply about these things are that we are also expected to be productive human beings in a way, like efficient and productive human beings, which is interesting then in the context of film, like your experiences of working this way with these thoughts that highly informs your work in a world that is so intense and demanding when it comes to efficiency, especially financial, right? Mm. If you can talk about how do you navigate that? Mm. I think on one level, I've been able to be very particular about how I live my life and who I engage with. And I'm really blessed. I'm very grateful to, to have really special people around me or to have special people wherever I go because I've, I've moved around a lot the last few years. But at the same time, I've also had to learn how to be able to engage in a more material world and to be less emotional about it and less porous to it. But I mean, the older you get, the more, I guess we're all getting older, but the older you get, the more your, your not so much your values, but your, your goals change and that your needs change. And that becomes more complex because I can't be operating as I was five years ago or 10 years ago as a filmmaker and that becomes yeah i think what you talking about also takes which i think is one of your qualities it takes a certain or a, a huge amount of bravery i think to to stick true to that and and work the way you do and one part of this is that i i heard you talk in another interview about the importance of of telling or doing what you're doing because you want it and not because it's asked for you. I'm thinking about the silence, silence in waiting until things appear, inspiration, what you actually want to say, a certain reflection, money, (laughs) which I also see in your work, in your films, how they unfold. Can you talk about that if if it resonates in any way? It's interesting. Okay, so there's lots of lots to say. I think I may come back to the topic of silence, but maybe with silence I connect to it, at least in my work, is because I've had to be silent, <laughs> especially when I was growing up. And I think that's also been part of the story of my life is 
having this deep urge to express myself, but this fear of expressing myself and this uh, censorship of myself and sometimes expressing myself and feeling like, or, or in the past, feeling like it's too much or too little. So silence is something I guess I, I can say I know very well. And also silence is part of my the dream world that I inhabit, right? Because, yeah, I'm here, but I mean, I spend a lot of time in other spaces and that kind of, maybe silence is the slipstream, the, the, the kind of vortex that, <laughs> that takes me there. And also because silences can make you feel, I like to use that in my work to kind of pull the viewer in closer and become more aware of the sounds that we're hearing. And also play with rhythm, right? Not, not for the for rhythm to be too easy for the, 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 the viewer to understand. Yeah, and to pull and push somebody. But coming back down to earth, it's weird because, I mean, for me, my faith and my spirituality is very important to me, but it's also a very big question for me. So on, on one hand, I believe much of my life, especially, let's say, in the last four years, has been a big act of faith. I left, decided to leave Kenya, and I moved to the UK, and it was a huge act of faith. And then... In the UK, I was moving around a lot, which was not my plan. And now I found myself where I'm, I'm based more in Brussels now than, than in London. And moving here was a, another huge act of faith. But there are times when I'm not so strong, where I'm, what am I doing? Where is it going to take me? What if it goes nowhere? But when I'm more positive and more grounded, and that's, I think, what a lot of filmmakers are like, is somehow you have this dream about what you want to, how you want to contribute to the world. And you also have stories that you just can't shake off that you want to share, mm. right? And you also believe that these stories somehow will add more contribution, whether it's to the daily life or to the, the long life of someone. And that for me is a big act of faith to do that to believe somehow in this dream and keep moving towards the dream, even when it becomes more difficult. And I mean, Katerina, we, we talked, I think last week, where I said that sometimes I'm like, what am I doing? How, why, why? I've been doing this the longest in my life. It's, it's like 17 years, including after. But then every time I want to maybe be like, listen, universe, I don't know if I can do this filmmaking. I've been doing it the longest. What else am I going to do? And it's something that is completely in my being. I think it's important to mark that that in addition to the bravery which I talked about and I think is important to mention is also faith. Yeah and I was talking to Angie who's a very good friend of mine and we've worked together on at least five films over a number of years and she's just incredible and um, she just finished her feature-length film that she made with no funding. She completely just went for it used a, a small budget of her own funding and made this film in, I don't know, 20 days, actually. And it's a feature-length film. And it's about to start the festival circuit. And I was like, hey, Angie, sometimes I'm like, this bank account has to just expand. I know I'm, I'm blessed. I've got so many blessings and so much support. But can it also just be pushed to the bank account as well, you know? And she's like, yeah, but that's the profession we chose. And and I'm like, yeah, so no new iPhone. I'm just going to say. She was also telling me, you know, you just have to trust that every day is going to be taken care of. And that's it. 
But coming back to the last part of your question, interestingly for me, in the silences, I've also been able to develop other things. So I've been able to develop my my practice of yoga into something professional and becoming a yoga teacher. I've been able to develop my psychic gifts and I give psychic readings and I've been developing my astrological knowledge and I also do astrological charts and there are lots of other things that somehow the silence has kind of encouraged me to do as well as sometimes restaurant work. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and I feel like a lot of these things that, that I am doing that they may not involve film, for me it is completely part of my my ultimate goal, which is, again, to bring people closer to themselves, to empower people, to remind us that we're all the same. And it's okay if we're different. It's good to be different and unique and be in your power. Mouthful. That was a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's true. And, and I think that you have, uh, I mean, something that I wanted to talk about and you have weaved it in, the multidisciplinary thing that is so evident in your films and also now I notice in the way you talk about your film that there is really not a division between the poet, Philippa, the, the spiritual practitioner, the, the, the filmmaker and the writer. And I think you've illustrated that in a way that that couldn't even be covered in, in talking about it. Uh, before we leave... Is there like a, a glimpse of future plans or reflections or, or something else that you want to add to our conversation? Um, I think as you were saying all of that, I think um, beyond all my bigger questions of like death and maybe difficult subjects, I think ultimately I am a hopeful person. And when I talk about death and talk about regeneration, it's this idea of even though we may carry sometimes unanswered or maybe heavy questions and feelings that that don't belong to us that belong to the space that we inhabit the the people the the family we come from the country we come from even though we have that beyond the death there's this regeneration and this regeneration is there's more to life than just all that we see and i guess through my work i want people to feel that there is more to life and to be hopeful and to be optimistic and to connect to the unseen. And for me, the unseen is, yeah, is, is spirit and that magic and, and God and goddess and the inner God and goddess, right? And then um, future plans. So I'm writing, I'm writing a, a fiction film, which has been interesting and it's about many things, but at least from a personal level, what I feel is very important for me to say right now is that it is about believing in yourself and trying to disconnect from what society, your, your family, what you have told yourself you are, and really connecting to that inner power and, and, step, and stepping up and stepping forward. I, I remember I, somebody said something really incredible which was that a lot, of, a lot of people have this question of, if I step into my power, will I still be loved? And I find that really interesting because a lot of people have that, I think, that fear of, yeah, if I really become who I really am, will society accept me? Will my loved ones accept me? 
And I think a lot of us are just feel like, at least I'm writing it, I'm writing it for myself, but also the other people that I've met through my films, through social interactions, through the, the psychic readings I've done. People just feel like aliens. Mm. They just feel like they are so different, that they're so you know, unacceptable, that they're so weird, that there's no one like them, that they don't, have a, they don't feel like they have a tribe. And there's so many of us across the globe who feel like that. And then we, you dull down yourself so you can be socially accepted. And then in the end, you're not in your power. So, and I know that there are so many people out there who are creating work like this, whether it's on a day-to-day level through interactions or through other kinds of forms. And I would like to create a piece that really speaks to people to allow people to really be themselves because we've really been mind effed. <laughs> Mm. by the powers that be about what identity really is and what being a person and a contributor to this society and this world is. And enough of that effery. I love that. (laughs) So before we finish this conversation, I'd like to play a short clip from your film Seeds. Can you say a few words? Okay. um, I had a, a poem I'd written maybe two years before I made the film. And we'd been editing New Moon for, I think, maybe six months or easily six months. And I just needed to make something that I could touch and I could feel that gave me a sense of that I was creating. And this was an incredible experience to make seeds because that's when the, the mixing of the photography and the poetry really came it it came to be and it made me understand um really who who I was was and was moving as as an artist yeah and seeds is about where where are we from and birth stories and stories about <laughs> a lot of very interesting things i i watched it again recently a few days ago and i was like ah oh, it's really interesting again regeneration and memory soul memory, blood memory. Do you feel you rediscovered something that you hadn't thought about before? Yeah, and, and um, I, I'm a family constellator. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. And for my, my essay to, to get the certification, I did it on seeds. I constellated the film. And that was like easily three years ago. So I was watching the film and reflecting again without reading the piece, but I was watching the film and I was like, what was I really saying? Like looking at the hidden meaning of it. And I understood a lot more about myself. Um, a lot of things that I was actually had been codifying that I wasn't even aware of that I was talking about from, from my own life. And it's interesting. <laughs> My mother said, on the beach she was born, I was born. Grey it was, at dawn it was, alone she was. Fingers counting. I was first, then my brother. Our blood is in the sea, she said. The sea was the first to see us, and so the sea will be the last to leave us. She washed us in its salty tears. Mama, I remember my dream last night. We were 
surrounded by tall, tall trees. We were looking for a sapling of a tree to plant in our garden. What tree should we choose? You asked him. And he replied, It depends on the sound you want to hear when the wind blows. That's beautiful. I love the yeah, that it's all coming out there, the poet, the, the reflector, the spiritual worker, the, the photographer. I, for one, cannot wait to see your future contributions in, in all these capacities that you've been talking about, mm. your next film and your, and your other ways of expressing. I want to thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you. Um, I'm grateful for this and, and it's an honor. And I'm glad we could connect like this and discuss all that we have discussed. And thanks for your questions. Thank you so much. All the best to you. Thank you for listening. And thanks to Filippa Indise Harman for sharing her journey as an artist and human being. To find out more about Filippa's work, visit her website www.filippaindiseharman.com. Highly recommend our series in French, hosted by film critic and curator Gia Mambo, and in Portuguese, hosted by scholar and curator Janaina Oliveira. You can subscribe to the CineDB podcast series in any of the three languages on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Lucky are those who speak all three languages because you will get the maximum out of this series. This episode was created by Akinesthetic with executive production and curation done by myself, Katarina Hedren. Podcast production is done by Vasti Kalitz with help from Andre Burnett, who is also our editor. CineDB Africa is a project aimed at connecting African film professionals with one another and audiences. This series is funded by the GIZ, the German Agency for International Cooperation and the Goethe Institute. Until next time, keep well and keep watching African films.